Does this song sound familiar? That is probably because it spent a record 19 weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And now Lil Nas X's Old Town Road holds the title of the longest running number one single in the chart's history. It's symbolic, in a way, of the year in music, an array of new voices and -and up-and-comers throwing music industry standards out the window. Whether it's Lizzo's love of the flute or Lil Nas X's combo of country and trap music, the new age of music seems to be twisting, bending, and reimagining the boundaries of popular music. Atlanta's own Paste magazine released its 50 Best Albums of 2019 list earlier this month, with plenty of genre-bending and diverse acts reflecting shifts in taste. Josh Jackson is co-founder and editor-in-chief of Pace Magazine. Ellen Johnson is assistant music editor. They're in the studio to hit some of the key choices on their list. Welcome back, Josh. Oh, thank you so much. And Ellen, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. All right, so we're not going to hit all 50 albums, definitely, but let's cover some of the highlights. The artist who ended Lil Nas X's streak as number one, Billie Eilish. That was with her single, Bad Guy. Let's hear just a little bit of that. So you're a tough guy, like you're really a rough guy Just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type Make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type I'm the bad guy Duh Ellen, this song also represents a new first for the Billboard Top 100. At just 17 years old, she is the first artist born in this millennium (laughs) to score a number one song on the chart. You put her debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? This is at number 34 on the Pace list. She appeals to a lot of Gen Z listeners. What's the draw for them? Uh, She really kind of represents the Gen Z anxiety that a lot of people in that generation feel right now. Her music is very scary and dark, which is a new thing for the pop charts. Definitely, it's not like love songs on Ariana Grande's album. It's not the positive, you know, uh, self-love on Lizzo's album. It's something a lot darker and kind of brooding under the surface. Um, I think she taps into a lot of the just the kind of angst that Gen Z feels. Josh, at number 31, we have indie folk band Bonnie Iver. Their debut album called For Emma Forever Ago was released more than a decade ago. So the 2019 release, this is called I, I. Let's hear a song from that. This is Hey Ma. like distinctively Bonnie Bear. I mean, it does. I mean, it's very different from what he was doing uh, a dozen years ago with uh, Frema Forever Ago. It's it's much more experimental. There's much wider range of instrumentation on these albums, but there's still that falsetto that is unmistakably Justin Vernon. Well, let's stay with the kind of indie folk rock vibe. There's Sandy Alex G at number 29. He's a guy who's often compared to the singer-songwriter Elliot Smith. I can certainly hear that. This is from his new album, House of Sugar, the track Southern Sky. We're all swaying here <laughs> studio. Josh, what stands out for you about this record? Oh, so this is an album that um, got played a lot in the paste office this year. But I, I didn't 
loved this record immediately. And over all the listens that we've given this, it, it just kind of grew and grew on me in such a unique way of, of what Sandy Alex G is doing that not a lot of other mm-hmm. people in music are doing right now. It's quiet pop, I guess I would call it more than anything, it, it, which is kind of sneaky how these melodies just stick in your head. It mm-hmm. grows on you for sure. So I land at number 26, Maggie Rogers. Her album is called I Heard It in a Past Life. This is the song Light On. More of a traditional pop voice. In fact, uh, you call Maggie Rogers the exemplary model of a modern pop star. Why? It's really interesting, Maggie Rogers' story. She was a music student at NYU, and back in 2016, she was um, doing a master class with Pharrell. And there's a video that went viral back in 2016 of him hearing one of her songs for the first time, and his face just drops. Like, this is like a star-making moment for her. And since then, she's put out an EP. This was her debut album that came out way earlier this year. And it's just the perfect example of a modern pop star because she was born on the internet, and that's where all her fans kind of came from. And I love this album so much. It's just so much fun to dance to. So far, we're seeing some traditional strongholds on the the best of list, the pop, indie rock, folk. Is there something new within these genres that we are seeing this year as opposed to music that came before? I think you're seeing a lot more blending of genres. Um, I, I think a lot of these albums on here are harder to peg in a single genre. The ability for artists to kind of toss those constraints aside and just say, this is this is who I am, All right, so let's go with another, I think, genre bender in many ways. At number 25, Solange's album, When I Get Home. This is the, you really liked, Ellen, the song Almeida. Let's hear a bit of that. So this follows up a, a great critic's pick and, and a terrific album, A Seat at the Table, what, 2016, a couple years right. ago. She was at uh, Afropunk a couple of years ago, and I saw her. It, really contemplative music in many ways. Where, where does this album take us, do you think? So I think this album is a lot more toned down and a lot softer than A Seat at the Table, which, like you said, with this grand concept album with a lot of really striking visuals that kind of arrived with it. And on this album, she takes kind of a step back, but it's still just as visually and I think sonically cohesive. Uh, Solange is a visionary, and I think pretty much any full-length effort she puts out is going to get critical attention. So she has Atlanta rappers Gucci Mane and Playboy Cardi also featured on the album. What do they add to her mix? They add a lot of really great energy to these songs. She pulls a lot from like kind of neo-soul and jazz and stuff, so when it comes to like the rap verses, bringing folks in like that uh, adds a lot of energy to it. Ellen Johnson there, Josh Jackson also with me. Both of them are with Pace Magazine, sharing some of the selections from Pace Top 50 Albums of the Year. And we are not done yet. Miles to go before we sleep. We're going to hear some more from Pace 2019 Year in Music after a short break. But right now, listening to another song from their best of lists at number 14. This is Fontaine's DC with the song Sha Sha Sha. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of On Second Thought.
We are back with On Second Thought from GPB. I'm Virginia Prescott. It is the end of the year, and that means best of lists getting released left and right. There's so much great content to check out, so we asked a couple of editors at Atlanta's own Paste magazine to help us narrow down the year in music a little bit, sharing a couple of highlights from their list of 50 best albums of 2019. And you can find a link to look at it yourself at gbbnews.org. There's also a Spotify playlist, so you can listen and get your dose of some new music that you may not have heard this year. Like the one you're hearing now, this is the song Eartha, Jamila Woods. It's off her album Legacy, Legacy, falling at number 30 on their list. It's a great record of songs of all of her heroes, you know, Basquiat, James Baldwin, Frida Kahlo, Giovanni, a wonderful record, but lots and lots of ground to cover. So we're going to jump back into the conversation with Pace Magazine's co-founder and editor-in-chief, Josh Jackson, and assistant music editor, Ellen Johnson. Okay, Josh, Danny Brown's record, You Know What I'm Saying, comes in at number 23, and he just performed at Atlanta's Afropunk Festival in October. Let's hear some of his song, Dirty Laundry. What's in the dark always come to light. Hair was nasty, you think she had headlights. Why try dog bleach in your eye? Put your life on the line, hang them out to dry. Trying to keep my hands clean, out here right dirty. He's released three critically acclaimed albums before this one. This is Josh, what's great about Danny Brown's music? So, uh, Danny Brown has always been funny. Um, and that's, that's kind of a touchstone for for his hip-hop. And this is, I think, one of the best hip-hop albums of the year. And it's very, very funny. He's got a new sketch comedy show on, on Danny's house on Viceland. Have you seen it? I have not seen it yet, but that learning about that did not surprise me at all. <laughs> um, that just seems like the perfect next step in his career. Ellen, there's kind of a new country group putting their stake in the ground. This is The High Woman, and their self-titled debut album comes in at number 22 on the list for Pace Magazine. This is the song Redesigning Women. They made a big splash appearing live at Newport with Dolly Parton at the Newport Folk Festival. Who are they, by the way? So the High Women are one of my favorite um, musical events to happen in 2019. They are a country supergroup bringing together four women from kind of four different corners of the country Americana world. You have Maren Morris, who's a huge country pop star. You have Brandi Carlisle, who's an Americana folk singer that we at Paste have loved for a long time. And you have Amanda Shires, who is an Americana and fiddle player. And then you have Natalie Hemby, who's a songwriter who's written hits for Miranda Lambert and Casey Musgraves and songwriters like that. And they came together and made a country super group. They were so tired of women not getting uh, airplay on country radio. They were just sick of all the, the stuff that goes down in Nashville. Um, and they decided to do something about it. And they put out one of the best, not just country albums of the year, but one of the best albums of well, the year. They do also tackle some big issues on the album, especially coming from the perspective of women in country music. And you wrote that even if they're talking about stuff that's not generally uh, in country music, it's already a country classic. Why? What makes it a classic? So it sounds classic 
in the country sense of the word where it's, you know, slide guitar and fiddle and the typical country elements that you would normally hear on an album like this. But like you said, they're talking about things that people don't talk about in country music. Brandy Carlisle wrote with Jason Isbell, who's Amanda Shire's husband and also a great country singer. They wrote um, a gay country song for this album. And there's also a song about motherhood and there's songs about, you know, doing the laundry and just getting through the day, stuff like that that you don't hear in mainstream country music at all. All right, Joshua, let's tr- we've got a little turn here to another super group at number 18. Phoebe Bridgers, a phenomenal musician in her own right, partnered up with Connor Oberst. A lot of people may know him from his band Bright Eyes. Two of them together became a band called Better Oblivion Community Center. Let's hear their song, Service Road. Say what you mean and say it now. Don't throw fit. Quit acting. Two musicians at really different points in their careers, Oberst having been in the game for a long time, Bridger's getting her start in the last couple of years. What worked for you on this record? Well, I think separately, these are two brilliant songwriters. Um, they've both appeared on our list before. Um, uh, Connor Oberst years and years ago, Phoebe Bridger's, I believe, last year. Um, and, and together, their voices meld beautifully, but I think more than that, their songwriting and and the the way that they can just cut to the heart of whatever they're writing about um and it's it's an emotional album it's a beautiful album it is an album that um i could just listen to over and over again freebie bridges by the way set to perform at shaky knees in 2020 so people can see her live ellen at number 17 tyler the creator with his album igor let's hear some of the song i think Tyler, the creator, has always been a pretty surprising, innovative player in the hip-hop scene. Where, Where does he take us in Igor? So Igor follows Flower Boy, which came out a few years ago and was a pretty standard rap album. And Tyler warned us before going into this album, don't expect a rap album. So he wanted his fans to go into this not expecting anything. And I think that was the right way to go into this album because it does not play into any particular hip hop uh, stereotypes. This album is all over the place. And um, he definitely does have some rap verses on here. But he also has a lot of just like kind of R&B and dance beats and stuff that you wouldn't expect. And um, he has a really interesting, again, kind of like Solange, his visuals that go along with this album are just incredible. So I'd recommend checking those out as well. I'm remembering the visuals for it was for Yonkers. Was that the song? This black and white video that that looked kind of dark, notably dark, I would Mm -hmm. say. How has his sound evolved since then? I think it's definitely evolved. This does not sound like Yonkers at all to me. He still has that kind of intense, aggressive delivery that you would associate with Tyler, the creator. Um, But visually and aesthetically, I think it's a lot lighter than something like Yonkers, which like you said, it had that very morose, dark video. Well, if you don't get a chance to listen to new music, we've got Josh Jackson and Ellen Johnson from Pace Magazine. They do it all the time at Pace. We're talking about their top 50 albums of 2019. All right, Josh, before we get to the final and the top picks, I have to point out every album in the top 10 is by women or women-fronted acts. Has that ever happened before? That has never happened before, I can say pretty confidently. Um, and, you know, this is that was not intentional that we... 
we have our staff and writers all vote for what's going to be on this list, and then we take those and tally them up, and it just happened. It, you know, we got to that list, and it took me a minute to go, oh, wait a second. This is that's kind of cool that all 10 were either women solo artists or female fronted bands. And yeah, that I think that says a lot in how far we've come since we've been doing this since 2002. You still look at some genres, you still look at the radio, you still look at several places where there is not nearly enough representation. But when it comes to um, critically acclaimed albums, there's just a lot of stuff happening that's exciting. Yeah, so there's always a difference between the critics and sales, or often a difference. But so many women have made their mark this year. One here in Atlanta, coming in at number 10, Atlanta musician Faye Webster. We did speak with her back in September before her set at Music Midtown. Let's hear just a, a terrific song from her 2019 album, Atlanta Millionaires Club. This is her song, Room Temperature. Ellen, you describe Faye's music as, quote, droopy pedal steel, unhurried funk, and a breezy island air that could sub in for your AC. <laughs> not, a, not a description that could work for other people. <laughs> Definitely not. So Faye Webster released her third album this year, Atlanta Millionaires Club. It is, like I said, the third record, and she was making kind of country Americana music before, but this album sounds like nothing else I've heard by her or any other artist this year. And one thing about Faye is she puts the pedal seal on every single one of her songs. She told me that in an interview. She doesn't make music without it, and it does give it that kind of islandy flair. And the album came out at the beginning of summer, so it was one that we just played in the office like daily almost because it's just so relaxed and easy to put on yeah perfect summer record ellen i I mean i feel like this next one is mandatory for any 2019 list lizzo's album because i love you and while juice was a really big hit for her there's another track that was added to the deluxe version of the album this is called truth hurts So this song was originally released in 2017, but really blew up this year, along with the musician herself. Why do you think this was Lizzo's year, 2019? Well, it's been really great. I I think the Lizzo story is definitely my favorite story in music this year, because like you said, Truth Hurts came out a few years ago. Lizzo's been making music for years now, and people in the critical circles have been paying attention to it. But this year, I think, was the year that we needed Lizzo. We needed that kind of uninhibited, positive energy. And we saw her live show back in Austin, um, um, earlier this year at South by Southwest, and it felt like a star-making moment for her. She, Her live shows are so joyous and so incredible, and I think people just really latched on to that energy this year. I think we left that show saying that uh, she's going to play a Super Bowl someday. Exactly. <laughs> okay. She's like the next Beyonce. Like I don't think that's uh, an understatement. Well, there seems to be a lot of news about her just about every other week. You know, she was embroiled in this songwriting uh, credit thing. And, and on Twitter, the recent drama about her dancing with her, um, let's say, her rear, her bottom half <laughs> in full view at a Lakers game. Is this the kind of new icon, you know, classically trained, plays the flute, but bears her butt at a, uh, at a Lakers game? Absolutely. She loves her body and she's not afraid to show it. And like you said, she is a classically trained musician, but she's not afraid to have fun, too. 
She was also just named Times Entertainer of the Year, by the way, so we're likely to see and hear a lot more from her in the years to come. Maybe we'll take bets on which Super Bowl it will be with the paste folks. <laughs> Josh, while there are some straightforward pop stars and tunes in your top 50, the list is dominated more by the kind of unique, even quirky characters. Do you think eccentric music is kind of reigning supreme in 2019? I mean, I would, yeah, definitely. I think it is. I, when you look at some of these, even the pop artists that are on our list, they are twisting things and um, presenting pop music in a way that we haven't seen before. There, you know, we talked about some of the artists on our our list being pop in the vein of Bjork. You know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. like Bjork in twenty nineteen doesn't feel like this. Out there, out there straight, thing. Yeah. It's just what pop music can be now, and and I, you know, I think that's a credit to her, but to a lot of the artists that have that followed in her footsteps. Looking at at what you can do with just you know a melody and and some production. Well, we're going to run out of time quickly, so uh, we're going to skip ahead. The top ten does include albums from Julia Jacklin, FKA Twigs, Angel Olsen, and more. But at the number one spot, you have Wise Blood's album Titanic Rising. Let's hear just a track off of that one. This is Andromeda. This is the work of musician Natalie Maring, who goes by the name of Wise Blood, like the Flannery O'Connor novel, by the way, we should note for our Georgia readers and audience. She's got just this impeccable, haunting sound in her melodies, but also has this kind of California soft rock vibe to it. I've seen this on a number of best of lists. Who wants to pick this up? What makes this great? Well, I'll start, Alan. You can finish. But this is an album that I think could have been made in any decade from 1960 to this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's timeless in a very unique way. And um, it's also so lush. So it's, it is kind of soft rock, but you have these swelling moments on it. So it, it feels, it feels like epic soft rock, which I didn't even know could be a thing. <laughs> I, this, album, this album came and it was all we could listen to for for the moment when it when it arrived it it, it um, was just so striking in what she had accomplished and uh, it was not a surprise to me that by the end of the year that this is what was topping so many of our critics lists yeah this this album stayed in rotation all year long and you mentioned kind of the California soft rock thing and I think that's interesting because there's been a huge reemergence of kind of that Laurel Canyon soft rock sound this mm-hmm. year we've heard it in artists like Jenny Lewis and Molly Tuttle um, and especially Weissblood and I don't think any artist pulls it off better than her um, and like Josh said the swelling lush moments on this album feel so grandiose they feel so much like an event that from the moment we heard this album way back in the beginning of the year, we all knew it was going to be something special. So who gets to pick what music is played at the paste offices? Oh, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> whoever, whoever puts something on, you know, you can get, you can get overruled. And, and, but uh, no, it's um, everybody's sort of rotating on albums that they have been listening to, albums that they've been loving, and, and are constantly playing new stuff that I'm introduced to. So I, I appreciate that. So given the trends that we saw in 2019, as you said, people breaking boundaries, you know, kind of going out of their lanes in the traditional music world, what do you think we'll hear more or less of in 2020? Any predictions? 
I think we're going to hear more pop music in the vein of Billie Eilish. I think that that is kind of setting the trend for uh, that kind of pop music, the kind of the dark, angsty stuff. I think we're going to hear a lot more of those kind of moods represented on the charts as opposed to maybe more bubblegum pop like Carly Rae Jepsen or something like that. So what are you all looking forward to for upcoming releases in 2020? And any Georgia bands, for example, that you're looking forward to hearing more from? I hope for another Georgia brand to surprise me like uh, Faye Webster did this year. And and Faye's somebody that we had – I first saw her playing an Eddie's Attic open mic night um, years ago. So when she was like 14. It, yeah, I know. And so um, we're we're constantly keeping our eye on, on local bands too. So I'm I'm looking forward to, to getting surprised that way. Josh Jackson, he's co-founder and editor-in-chief of Pace Magazine. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Ellen Johnson, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Ellen is Pace Assistant Music Editor. And tell us, what were your favorite tunes from 2019? You can join the conversation on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought. Reach out to us on Twitter at OST Talk or leave us a message, 404-500-9457. Extra points for singing. That is it for our show for today. We're going to leave you with a song from number two on Pace List. This is Angel Olsen with the title track from her latest album. It's called All mirrors. And again, you can find a full list of Paste Magazine's 2019. They write about all of these records. There are samples that you can listen to, and there's a Spotify playlist. There's a link to that at gpbnews.org. On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, LaRaven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer. Our engineer today is Alex Word. Our interns are Alexis Thomason and Jessica Lowell. Mary Lynn Ryan is executive producer. Thanks for listening to On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. <laughs>